Uh, how's your week been? Yeah? I didn't hear a word you said. That's awesome. I love it. You know, we all have difficulties, right? And, and, and you know, uh, my, uh, my wife's sister is, was on the verge, really, of, of just a very serious condition. And she's kind of rallied a little bit. So my wife is, you know, kind of not just waiting. Should she go? Should she not go? And she, so, and then my daughter had to have an emergency surgery, so we knew she was supposed to be here, and, but stuff happens, right? Life happens, and we need to hold on to God. We need to hold on to God, no matter what. Put your hope in God, Psalm 42 says, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my God and my Savior. Put your hope in God. That's not what this message is about. Really, uh, what I want to talk about today is something else, that, that, I, that despite all the things that are happening, we are blessed. We are blessed people. We are a blessed people. Can we say that? We are a blessed people. We don't think about that. We're, we're consumed by all the stuff that's going on, right? All the bad stuff, all the negative stuff. But we are a blessed people. Did you, let me ask you this question. Did you ever get something that you didn't deserve? No. <laughs> you knew you didn't deserve it, but they gave it to you anyways. That ever happened to you? Now, this usually happens, though, on, on the negative side, right? I didn't deserve that, and they gave it to me anyways. Well, that's kind of not what we're talking about today. We're talking about on the positive side here that, you know, you didn't earn something. You weren't smart enough. You weren't cool enough. You weren't good enough. You didn't do enough. And yet someone still gave this to you. Or somebody was nice to you when you really weren't very nice to them. Has that ever happened to you? You've been mean to somebody. You're just just playing mean. Do you ever get mean? How many of you like to be mean? I wish I could be mean more often. I'm going to be mean today. Sometimes I think that's what we do. I'm just going to be mean today because I don't want to talk to nobody. And then somebody's really nice to you and you go like, this mean part isn't working. It's not working. Because they're still giving to us. They're still talking to us. They're still blessing us. They're still being nice to us. And we're being like, you know... See, that's what grace is. That's what I want to talk about today. That's what grace is. We come to the, the end of 2 Thessalonians. Let's turn there, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 18. And the letter, as, as, as Paul does, he begins his letters with grace, and he ends them with grace. So that tells me that grace is kind of important. It's the finale of this letter here. He says there in, in verse 18, He says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Now, we can just say that as kind of like a benediction, or we can say it, you know, as a phrase, and we we kind of throw words around, don't we? Especially Christian words. We throw these words around, and and we really don't stop to think about, well, what does that mean? How How does that apply to me? What does that, how does that work in my life? 
We throw grace around, oh, God's grace is so good and everything, but we're not really thinking about what that means. So I want to talk about grace today that's simple, which is not simple, but it's profound. It's, as we sang, it's amazing, this grace that God has for us. A few weeks ago, we had our huddle, and our guest speaker, his name was Brian Broderson. He's the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa, who took over for Pastor Chuck. And, and I asked him to speak uh, about the things that he had learned in ministry over however many years. And for him, it's 35 or whatever, 40, whatever, how many, I don't remember exactly how many years. So he kind of came up with a list of things that I've learned in ministry over all these years. And guess what his number one thing was? The centrality of grace. His number one thing. The first thing he says to us in our meeting on the Monday night is that grace is central. The grace of God. We have definitions, and, and you've heard definitions right as well. Uh, one of them being, being, being God's riches, <laughs> God's riches at Christ's expense. That's the, the acronym, right? G R A C E. And we say that, and we, that rolls off our tongue and everything. But you know what? That's really good, and that's true, but it's really not enough. There's really more to it than that. And that's why I say there, what, I, what I've written here is, is favor. It's unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor. Favor from God. That, he's, that He just puts His favor upon us. And it's completely undeserved, completely unearned, unmerited. It's nothing that you and I have done to say, wow. God says, wow, look how cool that person is. I've got I to do something for them. Because you know what? If, if that was the case, how long would we have to wait? Some of you would have to wait forever. Some of us would not. I'm just kidding. I'm still waiting. The truth is we would wait a long time because none of us deserve it. It's unmerited. He pours His favor out upon us, His grace upon us, His blessing upon us. This is what it says about Jesus. Look at the screen. <laughs> we're working together. No, no, back, back. From the full... <laughs> we're going to get this together. From the fullness of His grace, we have all received one blessing after another. And speaking about Jesus, the grace of Jesus, from the fullness of His grace, we have all received one blessing after another. That means He's, he's pouring out His blessings upon you, His blessings upon me. When I stop to think, I love that old hymn, that says, you know, count your blessings, name them one by one, because when you stop to think about all that God has given to you and to me, it's, it's really, it's mind-blowing. It, it changes our perspective about what life is all about. I mean, I am a blessed person when I stop to think about all that God has given to me. Does that mean my life has no trials and troubles? No, it doesn't mean that at all. It just means that God's poured His grace out on me. And, and, and in fact, it, it, those things are evidence of the fact that it's grace that I have what I do have. His grace, His favor is upon us. There's three things, and uh, Nick will show us that now. <laughs> Justice, mercy, and grace. These, things, these three things all kind of, you know, 
They're all in play, really. Justice, mercy, and grace. Now, justice is what? Is getting what we deserve, right? That's what justice is. I want justice done. I want them to get what they deserve. We don't necessarily want that so much for ourselves, but we certainly want it for other people. I don't really want justice for me, but for you, definitely. If, if we were in charge, that's kind of where we're all at. It's kind of one-sided. I want justice for the other guy, but not necessarily for me. What do I want for me? I want mercy, right? Mercy is not getting what we deserve, right? That's what mercy is, not getting what we deserve. Justice is getting what we deserve. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. But you see, God takes it even one step further than that with this thing of grace, is that He gives us what we don't deserve. He gives us, He goes beyond not just not giving us what we do deserve. He goes beyond mercy to grace as actually pouring out something that we will never deserve. We will never be able to earn. We will never do enough and have enough merit. For example, the person who has committed a crime, justice would mean that he would pay the price, that he would, that he would serve the sentence. Mercy means that he would be pardoned. But grace means that this person is given favor and blessings on top of the pardon. You say, well, did they ever deserve that? No, never. Look what they've done. Look who they are. This, this guy, uh, uh, John Newton, who wrote this song, Amazing Grace, that is, they say is the most uh, favorite hymn of, uh, of Christians. They say that, uh, that uh, uh, John Newton, well, they don't say it, this is true, he was a, you read about his life, he was not a very good man. And in fact, he ended up being a captain of a slave ship. And this guy, that's why he calls himself a wretch, because he knows the grace of God in his life, that God took something. Paul the Apostle knows what grace is. He calls himself the chief of sinners. He says, how could God ever do anything for me? Because of grace, that God just poured out his favor upon him. This guy, John Newton, he eventually actually became an Anglican minister, and he, he worked to abolish the slave trade. God used him. But did he deserve everything that God gave him? Never, never, never. That God could rescue this guy, John Newton. That God could rescue me. That God could rescue you. That is what grace is all about. That he goes well and above and beyond just mercy. We need mercy, don't we? The Bible talks a lot about mercy. We need mercy. But grace... That's where Paul finishes the letter here. He says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. I think if we really understood how amazing grace was and how desperately we need His grace, changes our attitude, changes our lives. See, part of our problem that I believe is that as human beings, we like to earn things. There's something in us. We like to take credit. We think that we deserve things. You, you've heard the, the phrase, the entitlement society, where we're, we've got this entitlement mentality. I'm entitled to those things. I should have all those things. Why? 
Why, why is that true? Where did that ever come from? It doesn't come from out of the Scripture, right? I'm entitled that God would bless me. I'm entitled. I deserve God's blessing in my life. Well, where does that all come from? It comes from pride, really, and human pride. Like, who am I to think that I deserve anything? Really? What do I deserve? What, what, what actually do we deserve as human beings? Can anybody tell me? Hell. We deserve judgment. That's what we deserve because we're sinful and the, 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 the wages of sin is death and we deserve death. That's what we deserve. So mercy is not giving us what we deserve and grace is going beyond that to giving something we don't deserve, which is eternal life and the presence of God and his favor upon us, his love lavished out upon us. That's grace. That's amazing grace. I think the sooner we realize, the sooner we recognize that, that God has done something way beyond what we can imagine. God poured out his grace upon us. Paul says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. He wasn't just using that as a greeting. He wants us to know the grace that it would be with us all. I have three different things I want to look at here in relation to this. There's many, many more, of course, but, but number one is that, that you and I are saved by grace. Right? Isn't that what the Bible says? Turn with me to Ephesians, back a few books. Ephesians chapter 2, because he says it very, very clearly. This salvation that we have, and next week I'm going to talk about uh, this idea of being saved. What does that mean? But Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4, <clears throat> we're saved by grace. It's unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. We're saved by grace. Look at verse 4. It says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, there's the mercy. We see love. We see mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. Excuse me. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. See that there, the, this idea we're, we're being seated with him in the heavenly realms. Now, did you deserve that? Did you do anything to earn that place in the heavenly realms? What did you do? Get out your paper right now and write what you did. Well, I, I went to church. Oh, I gave money. Oh, I, I taught Sunday school. Surely that gets me a place there. Well, well I... I was nice one time. How many of these things are going to get us there in the heavenly realms? We might get a pat on the back for some of those things. And can we take an offering right now? I'd like to enlarge your accounts. But it's not going to get you into heaven. You could give millions and millions of dollars and go ahead and do that. We, we'll accept that. <laughs> but it's not going to get you a place in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. It's grace. It's God's grace that's going to get you there. Nothing else. Nothing. It's by grace. 
by kindness, His kindness. Look at verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. It, it happens through our faith, through our trusting in God, trusting in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But even the faith, we can't even take credit for that. God has given us that even. In verse 9, he says, not by works, so that no one can boast. So that no one can boast. It's not by works. Works are gonna, not going to get us anywhere. You know, a guy named Martin Luther, he, he got pretty upset because, really because the whole, the whole religion, the whole Christian, Christianity, the whole religion was becoming based on works, that you need to do this and this and this and this and you will be saved. And he said, wait a minute, that's not what the Bible teaches. We can't be saved by doing certain things. Well, if I just get baptized and I go through all these different steps and these sacraments and do all these different things, I am there. I made it. No. The list, you never can fulfill it all. You can never make it. You can never live a perfect life. There's only one that came and lived the perfect life that could say he did it, and who was that? It was Jesus, the only one, none of us. I mean, if any of you think that you've lived a perfect life and you deserve and you earn to go to heaven, good luck. Because it's not going to work. You're not going to get there. It's not going to happen. So Martin Luther said, you know what? We've got to get back to the, to the basic doctrine of grace that we're saved by grace through faith. And that not ourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. See, that's why I say I'm a blessed man. I'm a blessed person. God has given me his, his eternal life. He's saved my soul. He has done it, and he's blessed me with it. One blessing after another. That's just the first blessing. And then the blessings go on after that, and I look around my life, and I see, how many of those things did I deserve? And I can, I can honestly say, not a single one of them do I deserve. Not a single one of them. Think about the blessings in your life. How many of those things in, in your life do you think that you deserve? But God's just given it to you. He doesn't, he doesn't go by that. His, his favor, he just pours out his favor, one blessing after another. Acts chapter 15, they had this huge controversy in the early church, right? And the deal was that the Jewish believers and the Gentile believers, there was, a, there was an issue going on, and the Jewish believers, they came along to the Gentile believers and they said, listen, you believe in Jesus, and that's good, but you also need to fulfill the law, and you need to do everything that the law says. And so it created this huge controversy, and... and, and uh, you know, Paul, the apostle, got involved in it, and they had this big convention kind of thing to kind of straighten it out. And they finally, they came to the conclusion that, you know what, that's not, that's not the case. And this is what it says here in verse 11. He says, no. He says, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are. We're not saved by keeping the law. We're not saved by doing works. We're not saved by doing good things. We're saved by grace. Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, in verse 9, 
that God has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of His own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. God's plan was for grace. God's purpose is in grace. Not because of anything that we have done. You know, getting back to, the, to our own humanity, to our own humanness, we, we, we sometimes chafe against this idea a little bit because we like to think that, well, you know, I did something, didn't I? I, I did a little bit to, to get, get in, didn't I? Wasn't I, you know, um, willing? Or wasn't I motivated? Or wasn't I? It's all by grace. It's all by grace. Not because of anything that we have done, but because of His own purpose and grace. So number one, we're saved by grace. We need to understand that. We need to, to, to trust that God has done it. He's done it all from beginning to end. We can't take any credit for it. Number two, I want you to turn with me ahead to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. Because Paul tells Timothy something there. It's kind of interesting, and I, I think it applies to you and me today. And why am I making such a, a big point about grace? Because look what Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. He says this, You then, my son, be strong in what? The grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He said uh, in 2 Thessalonians, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And now he's telling Timothy to, that he needs to find his strength there. Be strong in the grace. Be strong in the grace that God gives. John the Apostle said, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Be strong in the grace. We need to if we're going to get any kind of strength in our lives, it's going to come from grace. It's not, it's not going to come from you and I getting stronger and stronger and stronger. He says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. One of the verses we quote so often, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, what does it say? But he said to me, to me he said to me, what? My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul is actually saying the opposite of the fact that I'm going to get stronger and stronger. He says, my weakness shows that his grace is sufficient. Be strong in the grace. That's where our strength is going to come from. It's not going to come from our strength. It's going to come from realizing that his, his unmerited favor, his grace poured out upon us is sufficient. It's enough. It's enough. We're going to sing that song. His grace is enough for me. His grace is enough for you. And it doesn't mean that He's going to change all the situations in our lives, does it? As a matter of fact, when Paul wrote that, he had this, this problem, this physical issue. They think it was some kind of an eye problem. They, they don't know exactly for sure. But Paul said three times, he asked the Lord, take it away from me. Now, Paul had been used to do miraculous things and see people be you know, healed. But when he goes to ask 
Three times, he said, I went back to God three times, and I, and I asked, take it away from me, take it away from me, take it away from me, and what did God say? He said, no, first, and then he said, your grace is sufficient. He said, no, but my grace is, is sufficient for you, and I'm not going to take my grace away from you. My grace is going to get you through no matter what it is that you're going to face. You see, because it's not based on what you can do. We, we kind of think that it's like this cat and mouse kind of thing that the Lord, you know, if we do something bad, He pulls it back away from us. No, it's not like that at all. It's not based on that. It's based on His character, His nature, nature that He's pouring out this stuff upon you and upon me. It's not based upon my performance. And we'll talk in a minute. Does that mean we just do whatever we want to do? No. My grace is sufficient for you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. My grace is sufficient for you. It's enough. And the last thing I want to look at, I want you to turn with me ahead to, to the right, 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. We've, hear, we've heard uh, Paul talking about the grace of Jesus. We've heard John the Apostle, and now we hear Peter talking about it as well. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Peter 3.18. He says, But grow, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Peter ends on the grace note as well. He says, Grow in it. Grow in it. You and I need to grow in grace. You and I need to grow. And grace and grow in our knowledge. I, I, we talk about that too. We want to get to know Jesus better in our lives. We, we need to grow in our understanding and our knowledge of Him and, and get to know Him better and, and, and our relationship with Him would grow. And that, that is so true. And that's what he says here as well. But, but what about growing in grace? Just realizing that's why he ends with this, to Him be glory, both now and forever. To Him be glory. It's like, it's like this thing of worship that comes out of us as we're growing in grace, knowing all that He's done for us, all that He's done for me, all that He's done for you. We're learning, we're living, we're surrendering. I remember hearing somebody say that He became a grace case. And I think that's good. I like that. You and I should become grace cases. Knowing that, you know what, in and of myself, what have I got? Who am I? But, but, but because of God's grace in me, because of God's pouring out His blessing, because, because of God pouring out His favor upon me, I have anything. I want to be a grace case. How about you? Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Something that's essential, James chapter 4, verse 6 says this, but He gives us more grace. That is why Scripture says what? God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud, 
You know, they're, they're, you know, again, it's this human thing in us, you know, wanting to, to uh, take some credit, wanting to, to uh, push forward our own case. But there it says that God actually opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. For you and I to say, you know what? I've got nothing. I've got nothing. I don't deserve anything. I, I, you know, I just come and lay myself before you. I humble myself before you. James and Peter talks about it. Humble yourself before the Lord and He'll lift, it, lift you up. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. In serving, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 Paul, again, he says this, For I am the least of the apostles, do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God I am what I am, and His grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. In serving, it's not like, well, you have, you're so gifted. You have so much to offer. Paul Paul. God called him to be an apostle. And he said, you know what? How, how could I ever be an apostle? I persecuted the church of God. I, I, I sent people to their death. He was there giving his approval when Stephen was martyred, right? And yet God called him to be an apostle. So Paul realized without a shadow of a doubt that, that, he, that what he was doing, what he was called to be, what God wanted him to do, how he wanted him to serve was grace. It was all grace. It was unmerited favor. It didn't have anything to do with Paul's training and how, you know, how intellectual he was and how smart and, and how you know, all these things that he, he, he realized, you know, it's all by grace. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Maybe God's calling you to do something. You say, you know, I don't have it. Well, if God's calling you to do it, he wants you to understand that you don't have it, first of all. But he'll give it to you. He will give it to you. I, I understand in my life I don't have it, but God gives it to me over and over again. It's by grace that I can serve. It's the only way I can serve. In my flesh, my flesh, what, what do I have to offer? In fact, I, my flesh says, go home and take a nap. My flesh says, you know, you know go for the gusto. Do what you want. Get everything for yourself. That's not, that's not what he is. says. My grace is sufficient. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And then that grace is having a powerful effect. One thing I want to mention, and I, I referred to it already earlier, because, you know, because it is of grace, well, it's not by anything that I do. I don't merit it or anything else. So that means it doesn't really matter how I live. And, and that was kind of a, a thing that they were talking about, because some people were saying, you know what? It's all God's grace. And it is all God's grace. And they say, so it really doesn't matter what I do. I can just live like the world. I can live like the devil. I can do whatever I want to do. Because actually, when I do that, it, shows, it makes grace bigger because of how bad I am. And makes God's grace look bigger, right? And that's, that's the argument that Paul puts forth in Romans. But look what it says in chapter 6, verse 1. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning that grace, so that grace may increase? He says, by no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Matter of fact, we sang that song, the grace of God actually works in our lives to make us live more godly lives. 
That's what the grace of God leads us to. Not to living, you know, in, in any way we want, but the grace, if we really are strong in the grace, we say, wow, what can I do to live for God? What can I do to live for Him? We're saved by grace to be strong in the grace and we're to grow in grace. One, one challenge I think that you and I need to think about, a little action point, one more thing is that you and I receive the grace of God. You and I receive it. But I think we also need to take that next step is we need to give it out too. We're good at receiving, but sometimes we're not so good at giving. That person that gives to somebody, even when, they're, when the person they're giving it to is being mean to them, give to others what we have received. We've got to give out the grace. To those people that are not nice, to those people that actually are mean, we got to give, you know, we weren't actually nice to God that he gave us his grace, you see. We weren't so nice to him, he says, you know, and that's the point I've been making, right? He just gave it to us, despite our, you know, what we've done. So for you and I to be examples of grace, that if we are grace cases, that grace is going to flow out of us unto other people, and, we're going to, and they're going to go, wow, how could you... Be nice to me. They may not say it to you, but, but, but you know, it makes them think in the grace because it, it goes back to the grace of God because God's grace on us means we can give God, God's grace to others. I want to end. Let's turn back to Luke chapter 15, the example of the prodigal son. And, and uh, <clears throat> turn back with me to Luke chapter 15, starting at verse 11. We'll read this story and we'll close. It says this in verse 11, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger one said to his father, Forgive me. He said, Father, give me. Not forgive me. He didn't say that yet. He said, Give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. And not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. And after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went out, and he hired himself to a citizen of that country, sent him to his fields to feed pigs. That's what he deserved. And he longed to fill his stomach with the paws that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son. And he threw his arms around him and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on and Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, so they began to celebrate. This is a picture of grace, isn't it? 
Did he deserve everything that his father did when he, when he returned? And he actually knew it. He says, you know, I don't deserve anything. Just make me a servant. I really don't even deserve that. Really, what he deserved was to be out there with those pigs. But his father, he just poured out his grace upon him. Not only did he pardon, not only did he have mercy on him, but he, he, he poured grace upon him and he gave him all this stuff. That's, that's what the Father does for you and for me. That's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ upon you and for me. Later, you can read the rest of the story. The older brother kind of, you know, he's kind of like on the, the works side. Well, you know, look what he did. And the Father says, listen, it's grace. It's grace for you and for me. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all, all of you, each one of you. Do you know the grace? Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace poured out upon us. Lord, I want to be a grace case. Lord, I want this place to be a a place of grace where we have grace, we receive grace, and we give grace. Not that we live riotously or worldly, because that grace and working in my life and working in our lives, that it, it leads us to follow you closer, to live more for you, more like you. But God, I, I thank you for that amazing grace. I was once a wretch, but, but you saved me was lost, none found. God, none of us have anything that we can bring to you and say, look what I did. Look who I am. Look what I can bring to the table. Because all, that, all that's just going to get us actually judgment, nothing else. Father God, thank you for your grace. Thank you that we are a blessed people. And help us to share that blessing with others, Lord. We pray for our families and our friends and our neighbors. God, that we could express grace, the grace that you've given us to them. We pray that their hearts would be open. And maybe there's even someone here today who, who needs to, to know that grace, that love of Jesus. He loves you. He's not looking at what you've done. He's forgiving you of everything you've done. And he, he's pouring out his grace and love upon you right now. And, and he wants you to be his. He simply wants you to be his. And all you have to do is open your heart and just receive it. He's offering. It's an invitation. And all you have to do is open your heart and receive. That's all. You can't even take credit for that. Because he's, he's giving it to you. It's a gift. The free gift of God. Maybe that's you today. Just simply receive it. Just open your eyes. Don't wait any longer. Don't wait until you can get better and you can do more things and you can kind of earn a place. Forget about that. It'll never happen. Just receive what he has for you today. Maybe others of you are, are just struggling. You're just, you just think you've failed. think you haven't made it. You haven't done enough. He's pouring out his grace upon you even now. He wants you to know he loves you. He, he wants you to know that, that, that he did it all. 
It's finished, Jesus said at the cross. One blessing after another. He wants to pour out upon you. Just receive it. Just open your heart. Be strong in the grace. His grace is enough. He'll get you through. He'll, he'll walk with you through that valley, up that mountain. His grace is sufficient. Lord, we thank you for your grace. We love you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.